Blog Talk Radio. Yes, welcome to Internet Cafe. I am here today with my special guest, Dr. Felicia Robertson, and we're going to talk about men's health. You know what? She even have even has her husband. Her husband even decided to come on. Isn't that something? Her own husband is going to talk about health and how he handles going to the doctor and all that good stuff. And we will be right back. I'm going to do a little music, and I'm going to introduce them. We are back. We are back. My name is Wanda Williams. I'm the host of Internet Cafe. I have two fantastic guests today. I'm so excited. I have Dr. Felicia Robinson and her husband, Troy Robinson. Hello. Hello, hello. 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 How you doing? Very well. How's it going? Well, thank you. Yourself? Good, good, good. It's going really good. I'm excited. I'm really excited because I have two fabulous people that's going to talk about Men's health—it is not the easiest thing to talk about, but we're gonna we're gonna tackle this. We're gonna do this. We're gonna talk about men's health, and I'm gonna start with um, my monthly guest. She'll be coming on the last Thursday of the month. We have different issues, but this issue this month is men's health because I think it's very important, and we're gonna talk about that, right, Doctor? That's right. And and Wanda, I absolutely want to thank you for the opportunity to join you on your phenomenal podcast. Uh, as a family physician, I am excited to share health and wellness beyond my three-and-a-half exam room walls. I also want to encourage individuals to go check out my health and wellness Facebook site. Uh, it is something near and dear to my heart as an opportunity to be able, uh, be able to help individuals become stronger, fitter, wiser and healthier along our health journey. Dr. Dot FDR Health. That's Dr. Dot FDR Health. All right, all right. Okay, everybody tune in cuz she's fabulous about uh health. And I'm I'm so and you're a woman too. I love it. I have a woman doctor too and she's awesome. I've had her for over 20 years. I've only had a a woman doctor. So I I just I just feel more comfortable with that. So um Women doctors are fabulous. All right, Felicia, Dr. Felicia Robertson, let's start. Women women physicians actually do better when it comes to prevention. Really? Yeah, 2016. But, of course, every female physician knows that. Wow, yeah, I love my I love her. We're really good friends and um I can just be very open with her and we do a lot of consultation together about my health and what she thinks I uh should do and we just talk about it. So I feel like I'm in on my health uh decisions that need to be made. So she's an awesome lady and you are too. So let's we're going to get right to it. Men's health the first thing that I found that sometimes, not all men, because I can't put all men in that box, but I don't say all, a lot of men do not like to go to the doctor. I don't like to go myself, but I go anyway. When I go to the doctor, I'm in the, I'm in the sitting room, what do you call it, the, the, the lobby. All I ever see is women. I seldom see men. Is that an issue for you, men not wanting to go to the doctor? Uh, very, very common. And, you know, it's something that... Is, is societal, it's something that can be cultural, um, it's something that has to do with uh, men generally having less, specifically African American men, having less access to health care in terms of uh, insurance rates are decreased compared to uh, African American females, so there are, there are a lot of issues. Um, studies show that increasing education, the socioeconomic status, increases individuals desire to want to go and make sure that they're healthier and take advantage of prevention. 
That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Troy, I'm going to ask you, did you ever have any apprehensions about going to the doctor? I know you live with the doctor, and you really don't have much of a choice, okay, because I guess you right. Could, you know, you know, she's a physician, so she you you may not even be paying attention. She may be examining you, so you really don't have much of a choice, which is okay. It's a good thing. Do you have? Did you ever have apprehensions about going to the doctor at all? Absolutely, and I still do. You know, I why? I, I believe. <laughs> you know, I I know it's the right thing to do, but it's the control factor. You know, God, I can speak for all African American men. But right. you you know, it's like we're not in control. And it just it's just not a comfortable feeling for me to go uh-huh. to uh uh to the doctor um and have someone tell me what I have to do or what I should do, but I know it's the right mm-hmm. thing to do is to right, go right. to see the, the physician. So yeah. um I don't. I, I don't know. I think that's it more than anything. You think it's the control factor? Is, is, is it? Right. Is it fear of the unknown? You think maybe fear of the unknown, and then I can't do nothing about it. Just say if they said I had a heart problem, I can't do anything mm-hmm. about it. You know, other than do what the doctor tells me to do. Exactly. Um, and and it's kind of it's kind of a tough pill to swallow. You know, and for for us, you know, we try to be in control. And try to be strong for our families and our our, our mates. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. going to the doctor, it can pretty much how can I say it? it going going to the physician. Um, <laughs> you, I'm a, you lose I'm a, control. I'm here. You lose control. Yes, I'm gonna, and also um, uh, the anxiety of the the exam because I don't know what kind of exam men have, but I've heard they're different than what we have. <laughs> right, and so some men will sure. say, "I don't want to do that," but it has I to don't. be done. L- listen, I, I just life. want you to know that I was four years late on my colonoscopy because oh, really? I didn't want it done, you know. And yeah. um, so I was confident that they were going to find anything. I just didn't want it done, and uh, so with a little nudging from my wife, um, yeah. it was done. Yes, and uh, doctor, uh, it's more prevalent in African American men. Colon cancer? Is that am I right or wrong? Oh sure. Generally, cancers are more prevalent in African American people compared to other folks, um, and certainly with African American men, males having the worst rates for colonoscopy uh, mm-hmm. when they when cancer is detected. It's detected at, uh, you know, a more advanced stage, which means that there are fewer treatment options as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's due to the fact of not going on a regular basis and having that colonoscopy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So when you turn 50, is it 50 or 40? Uh, 50 for the average population of individuals. Let's say if someone had a first-degree relative with colon cancer, then they should mm-hmm. go and get their colon cancer screening at least 10 years prior to, uh, sooner if they're, you know, specialist deems that they should go sooner. Uh, but that, and, and, and think about it. When, now, when we talk about colon cancer, uh, we talk about a disease that is 90% preventable. How is that? Wow. Part of that is the dietary aspects, you know, eating more fiber, exercising, not being overweight. Uh, folks who are diabetic have a higher incidence of becoming uh, of developing colon cancer, and just making sure that we increase our dairy, our yogurt, our cheese, or if we're lactose intolerant, make sure that we take uh, a vitamin D. Everyone in our house is on a vitamin D supplement, um, and that is because it's it's for our immune system. Uh, yes, it helps mm-hmm. our bones as we get older, but, you know, when we think of vitamin D, it's part of our immune system. And then those who are vitamin D deficient have a much higher incidence of developing colon cancer. Uh, it, it's it's unreal. So those are some nice, oh, easy wow. things that we can do to decrease our chances of specifically colon cancer. Oh, yeah. Oh, that that that's – and it's curable, correct? Yep. If you go when you're supposed to go, it's, it's very curable. 
Absolutely, and and it takes colon cancer ten to twenty years to fully develop. So from the time you have that pre-cancer called the the polyp, if an mm-hmm. individual goes and gets the you know colon cancer screening when they should, that that diagnosis is preventable, and certainly uh, the deaths are preventable. Oh, okay. We got to do that. It should be something. It should be a um, a colonoscopy day of, of the <laughs> of the of the week uh, <laughs> of the month or something. This is a day everybody every everybody has to go, including women, because women also get it too. So um, that um, is very important because I had mine and I, I had mine earlier um, on because I have diabetes and then I I have it done. I don't like getting it done either. But um, it's not, now you go to sleep. I, I was asleep, but the problem they had was getting IV in, and that's what really sucked because they couldn't find any. Then they had to do it, you know, they had to get it done. So it's not that bad as it, it used to be. I remember they didn't have anesthetic and stuff like that before years ago, right, when they were doing it, doctor? Say it one more time, dear. When you were getting it done years ago, uh, my mother was telling me how much pain she was in when she had it done, and now they put you to sleep. And, and, and be done, correct? Mom might have had what we call a flexible sigmoidoscopy, which is evaluation of the lower part of the colon, and and mm-hmm. often there was no anesthesia uh, being right. done. Yes, but the full colonoscopy, uh, they would have to get some type of twilight anesthesia. Yes, yes, yes. I yes, I do. I remember having that done twice. Okay, we we, we got that out of the way. All the men. Go have that done. The next one I'm going to mention, prostate cancer. I hear a lot of men getting that. All men, I hear that is a big issue. Is that a big issue, doctor? Sure. And and when we think of prostate cancer, which is that little gland uh, right there near the bladder, and it is its mm-hmm. function is important for secreting uh, secretions that assist with what the different fluids associated with ejaculation, et cetera. Um, so it is a vital organ for, for men. And simply getting evaluated by your doctor at the age of 40 uh, by a digital rectal exam as well as mm-hmm. simple blood draw, uh, checking the PSA, uh, and mm-hmm. those two things can help to save lives. Now, individuals who are not at high risk, simply being African-American male, is high risk for prostate cancer, so screening recommendations are at 40 uh, for those who don't have the same risk factors, age 50 uh, is is sufficient, and going yearly. Um, Now, the thing about prostate cancer is this. We never know who's going to be diagnosed with prostate cancer that's going to be slow brewing, slow growing, Uh who's going to have prostate cancer that's going to be super aggressive and kill them. So prostate cancer can take on, you know, uh, different uh, aggressiveness or not. And I didn't know that because I've I've heard of so many men uh, have prostate cancer and then they've been cured. If it's caught early, that can also be curable. Is that correct? Yes. Early diagnosis is the best option for treatment. Okay. And Troy, you go and have that checked out every year, correct? Uh, not every year, but I okay. I have had it done. So. And you've been pretty consistent over the last several years, though, babe. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's that's good because I hear about a lot of men getting that, but they but they're surviving. They're surviving it. It got it got um uh, caught early, but you just never know who's gonna get it. You know. You know, famous people have gotten it. You know, they said they got it and they've been cured and all types of things like that. So that's that's wonderful. So, doctor, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the floor because um, what are the most uh, we talked about prostate cancer, we talked about colon cancer. What other um, diseases that men have to watch out for and get checked on a regular basis? I know there's diabetes. I know there's heart um, conditions. I know there's a high blood pressure. Tell me a little. Tell us all about that. Sure. So when we think about the number one, two, and three causes of death, specifically for African-American males, we're talking about heart disease. It's the number one killer of all folks in America, 
in the world, male, female, black, white, etc. So mm-hmm. uh makes sense that we spend some time talking about heart disease. Uh, and certainly we've talked about cancer's number two cause of death, stroke's number three. And when we talk about heart disease as well as strokes, so matter of fact, I, let's lump them together. Heart disease, okay. uh, uh, and, and heart disease can be broken down into high blood pressure, heart attacks, congestive heart failure, you know, valvular issues with the heart, et cetera. But the most common types of heart disease will be the blocked arteries. So when we talk about blocked arteries, if there's not enough oxygen to those arteries in the blue that I have right here on Facebook Live, and there's, there's a blockage caused by, let's say, uh, a gazillion you know, years of, or episodes of eating things that are high fat and not eating enough fiber, so I like to think of uh, a blood vessel or an artery where the blood goes through and contains all the nutrients that go to our brain and to our heart, um, every cell of the body, et cetera. I like to think of that, that blood vessel as, you know, life-preserving. And as soon as there's too much butter in there, you know, or there's too much whatever other fatty ingredient you want to say that's sticking to the, to the blood vessels, and there's not enough fiber, fruit, vegetables, mm-hmm. whole grains, etc. The fiber is the broom that sweeps the fat out of the, the arteries, right, to help op- open things up in that regard. So that's how we try and keep a balance with that wonderful wor- word called moderation. You know, five Moderation. Words. That word I don't like, doctor, because I can't do it. I have tried to do it. I mean, I've talked to people that have told me, don't eat any more meat. Get rid of the meat, just eat vegetables. Well, and just guess eat what? vegetables yes. and, and, and just give up meat. And I said, did that mean becoming a vegetarian? I didn't say that. I'm okay. saying get rid of the meat and get rid of red meat and all this, and um, you'll you'll feel better and you'll be better. And even being vegan, you know, that's that's vegan, you know, the, the, everything you eat has to be natural, I guess, I assume. Is that lifestyle better for you? I know it is better for you, but do you really have to go that far or just, just give up See, I, meat? I, I truly believe, Wanda, in the Bible in that it says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. And I truly believe that that God created man in his image and gave us dominion, which means mm-hmm. that I, I don't have to just limit myself to fruits and veg- vegetables, but it absolutely makes sense that according mm-hmm. to the choosemyplate.gov, the dietary guidelines, that we would eat, you know, uh, on average three or more pieces of fruit a day, unless we're diabetic, then we have to be cautious with that that we would mm-hmm. eat as close to a plate of vegetables a day, right? And that we would mm-hmm. want to eat whole grains, right? The whole wheat pasta, mm-hmm. the whole wheat bread, et cetera, multigrains, et cetera. It makes sense. And then to take in the good fats, because people often just think about fats. So there's, there are some fats that aren't healthy for us and that can cause blocked arteries. But then there are some mm-hmm. good fats called monounsaturated fatty acids that are actually phenomenal for the heart uh, and for the brain and for right, I heard that you you gotta have fat, some fat for your brain, and I heard that for sure. So, yes, yes. That's so those good fats, Wanda and Troy, I like to uh, think of as the you know dark chocolate, salmon, mackerel, tuna. Uh, you know, as if we're going to saute or, or cook something, we use a little olive oil or canola oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, avocados, you know, yummy. That's the yumminess. And every meal, ideally, we it would be great if we could pair a healthy carb with a lean mm-hmm. protein with a good fat. If we could do that with every meal, those, those are the perfect meals to eat. So, therefore, because, you know, good fats come in the form of, you know, uh, what we mentioned, right, the different mm-hmm. fish, et cetera, I don't feel that I, I have to give up uh, meats or fish it's, or, or turkey or chicken, etc. Et oh, I love turkey. Mm-hmm. Troy, i got to ask you. Now, again, yes. you live with a doctor. 
do you have to sneak food? Because I think I would. <laughs> if I still was a doctor, I would well, sneak food. I love Italian sausage. Well, and I well, like that every know. once in a while. <laughs> does, she, does she monitor everything? No, you can't have that. Does she do that? Be honest yes. now. Don't 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 hold yeah, back. Yeah. I'll, I'll well, I don't you. I don't sneak the food. I just <laughs> show her respect and don't eat it in front of her. So <laughs> that's called sneaking. But that's all right. That's all right because I would do the same thing too. Before you go home, the crumbs right. are still on but your food. I, I don't sneak the food, but <laughs> yeah, yes, you know I, you know. Um, she's not a nag. I'm not going to say that because <laughs> okay, I realize right. when she voiced her concerns, it's because she loves me and she exactly. wants me to do the right thing so I could be around uh, with her uh, 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 and grow old with her. So I I, I do right. realize that. So, you know. I love you, Troy. Yeah, I love you too, baby. So, so yeah. And i gotta, I so got to say here, I'm I put in perspective. You guys, you guys have been together, married for 31 years. Right, right, right. Wow. That's, that's, 30, that's 31, 31 winters. 31 With the winters. same meat, <laughs> <laughs> as her grandmother used to say. <laughs> oh, my God, 31 years. Oh, that's something to celebrate. Yes. When, did you, when did you get married? What, what time of the year did you get married? Uh, November 17th, uh, Oh, so you guys are coming up. Yes. Congratulations. So that be 31 years. Yes. Oh my goodness! Just, that would be hard to sneak. Uh, she knows everything you do. At thirty-one Her years, you, you, you can't get away with right. anything. Oh right. my goodness! And she can read she me, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Thirty-one years. Gosh, were you high school sweethearts? No, we met in the in the service. We we. Met. Oh, okay. Wow. Congratulations! Oh my goodness! Yeah, Wanda, and you both met. are in really good shape and really good health because uh, I know you stay on that, uh, doctor, and I know you're helping Troy with that. Troy, I mean, wow! You don't really have a choice, do you? Uh, not much. <laughs> you don't sneak to McDonald's. I don't eat any fast food at all. I just don't eat it. I will refuse to eat fast food. And I think that food is very addicting. Doctor, what is going on with that? People, some people eat that every single day. I, it, to me, I, can't, I just can't handle it. What do you do about that when somebody that you love is addicted to fast food? Because I know a lot of people are. Sure, sure, sure. So, so Wanda, I'll, I'll, I'll head back just a little bit. Troy, Troy and I met in the Air Force. Uh, oh, Okay. We sang in the same choir in Okinawa, Japan, and I had a boyfriend, and, and in fact, I looked at, at Troy. He was so cute. Uh, I said to mm. myself that if I didn't have a boyfriend, uh, you know, I'm sure that we could get together. Well, Troy was so so wonderful at, as friends. We went to Bible study together. You know, we had mm. to meet his, his friends, et cetera, and... Um, they're just just lovely, lovely, lovely Christian people like Troy. And so I even told my boyfriend back home, and and and, and we married when I was 19, so we met when when I was 18. And Troy, wow. came. I even told my boyfriend back home that if I weren't dating him, uh, I would date Troy because he was such a such a wonderful Christian gentleman, of which my boyfriend back home was not. Uh, he was, <laughs> yeah. He was so, not okay. You know, he he would he would tr- try and say that he was, but when I analyzed his actions, I had to be honest with myself uh, and uh-huh. realize that he said one thing, but but he really didn't do another. But you know, I was young, uh, young and ignorant and quite uh, impressionable. So I always tease that the good Lord had to get me out of the United States uh, and get me across the waters. Uh, so that I could, you know, have some clarity of thought, uh, meet Troy, and we eloped, you know, eh, I'll say give or take six six months later. Wow. Wow, what a story. And been together for 31 years since. And I, and I always say that um, Troy and I used to take college classes together. If Wanda truly, if Troy weren't my husband, I would not be a physician. Troy went and really. Yes, ma'am. Troy Witten told his college professor, uh, who uh, Teresa, who was a, a 
uh, Stanford uh, grad that my wife is so smart. We take the same classes, and she aces them. So she went home and talked to her husband, who was a physician with the Navy, and she, she and her husband had uh, gotten together and said, you know what, we have to have Felicia meet you. So one day they arranged for, for us to meet, and uh, he said, ever thought, I hear you're really smart, ever thought about becoming a physician? Well, by the, you know, at this juncture, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still pretty darn young, and let's, let's just say that that age is, is 20. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I, thought about, I, I thought about everything. I'm like, hmm, let me take a class, uh, maybe meteorology, maybe an accountant, maybe, uh, you know, I thought, about, I thought about all kinds of things, maybe a physician assistant. But when this physician, African-American physician, who looks just like me, asked that question, I then mm-hmm. said, let me take an anatomy physiology class, and, of course, uh, the rest is history. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That is so great. So how many years did it take you to become a doctor? How long does it take? You got to, how long does so, it, it all take? So it's an undergrad, which, you know, for a traditional student is four years. I wasn't I was in the Air Force working full time. But generally, let's just say four years of undergrad, four years of med school, and then three or more years of residency. Okay, all right. Well, I'm so glad you became a doctor. I'm getting some feedback, so somebody must be in the same room together. Troy? Uh, no, I'm. Are you a no. person? No, I'm. No, I'm. You're still in the same place. I'm getting some Okay, it's gone now. Great. It's gone. Now, back to my uh, my question and uh, what I was saying. Do you think fast food is addicting? Oh, I think that it absolutely can be. Uh, um, I think that sugar is probably one of the most addictive properties when it comes to what we eat. Um, uh, as addictive as I would say, you know, uh, give me some liberty with with making this analogy as as cocaine, you know. Uh, so, but that you know, can be uh, as well. I think individuals really are used to the ease of which they go and get food and cheap food, right? Yes. I think that is what appeals to the individual. I say make our own and make our own fries going to be healthier. Yes, most definitely. Now, I have uh, quite a few people online here with us, and I just want to know, does anybody want to ask the doctor or Troy any questions? No, they do not. That's just fine. Just listen. This is a uh, it's a great conversation. So, um, is there any test? And you said the, the your arteries and that type of thing, where you can check and go to the doctor and check and see how much um, blockage you have in your arteries before you have a heart attack or a stroke or it's just it's the luck of the draw. All right. So when we talk about heart heart disease and you talk and we talked about those arteries and you talk about could we do a test? Well, so let's let's start at the beginning. The beginning is to make sure that the A, B, C, D, E, S's are normal. A, the A1C for diabetes screen. B, blood pressure. Mm-hmm. C, cholesterol. D, diameter mm-hmm. of our waist for women less than 35 inches, for men less than 40 inches. Uh, mm-hmm. E, exercise. Are we exercising 150 minutes a week? And then the S's. Uh, decrease our stress levels, increase optimal sleeping, for some it's seven to eight hours a night, and the mm-hmm. other S, sex, is it? There's another S in there. <laughs> that sex? Wait a minute, hold up now. We all don't have all of that. We're going with mouth. Doctor, please, don't mention that one. <laughs> And men. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I'll, I'll, I'm going to skip over that one. Go ahead, doctor. I'm sorry. 
Yeah, so so that other S was never, ever smoke. So once we realize, when we go to the doctor and we get those things uh-huh. checked, right, or our doctor says, you know what, blood pressure is a little bit elevated, let me uh-huh. put you on the DASH diet, you know, natural ways to get your blood pressure down by reducing sodium to no more than 1,500 uh-huh. milligrams a day. African Americans, whether we have high blood pressure or not, my children, my girls, our nephews should be eating no more than 1,500 milligrams of sodium a day because people of color are so, so salt sensitive, right? Or the doctor says your cholesterol is elevated, let's, let's put you on uh, increased fiber, 25 grams a day if you're a lady, 38 mm-hmm. grams a day if you're a guy, and get in that 150 minutes of weekly exercise or more. So those, you know, once we check the A, B, C, D, E, Fs, folks stop smoking, et cetera, uh, or if at any time there's a concern, uh, one, an EKG should be done. Uh, EKG mm-hmm. may, may be normal, it may not. But if a, if a person has chest discomfort, I always tell them, regardless, and I'm, if I'm concerned about it being associated with the blocked artery, in a classic Symptoms associated with black arteries, classic, and then, then I'll talk about atypical as well, and then we'll talk about tests, is that generally a crushing, squeezing left-sided chest discomfort that can go up the jaw, down the arm, can be associated mm-hmm. with a person sweating profusely or feeling nauseous or vomiting, right, and, and so mm-hmm. short of breath. Now, the atypical symptoms for there being a blocked artery could be especially for women, we might just feel like we have the flu, but we, we don't have the muscle aches, et cetera. We're just acutely exhausted all of a sudden out of nowhere. Well, that might be that, that the heart isn't getting enough blood flow, enough mm-hmm. oxygen, and a person's heart is literally having a heart attack. Uh, for us as women, we might just have uh, heartburn that occurs with going up and down stairs. Right? Well, huh. Yeah. Heartburn usually occurs after eating. But now that heartburn is exertional, and it could mean that major arteries are not getting the proper blood flow and oxygen that they need, and those cells could be dying. So, and for us as women, besides uh, heartburn and, uh, and feeling lightheaded or dizzy, or all of a sudden we get, you know, not, not, we might not get chest pain, we might just get jaw pain. You know, an exertional jaw, and you know, if yes, if we have dental issues, okay, jaw pain. But if no, if no dental issues, and you're going up and down the stairs, and you get jaw pain, but it goes away when you sit down, uh, that is, you know, nine one one. I mean, if you're actively having symptoms, nine one one. If those symptoms are gone, uh, uh, going to the emergency department uh, for evaluation. And the tests include EKG, first of all, uh, but mm-hmm. if an acute heart attack, is, uh, one is concerned about that, then blood work to look to see if the heart muscles have uh, are showing injury. And oh, so they'll usually okay. look at that and they'll repeat it, you know, 10, 12 hours later to see has there been a change. But the other more sensitive tests are include stress tests. So if oh, a person yeah. had chest discomfort and is concerning for a heart attack, uh, there are various types of stress tests, but a stress test is going to do just that, stress the heart so that one, so that the cardiologist could see is the heart damaged, is, mm-hmm. has the heart died, you know, uh, you know, and certainly one does one would not uh, have a stress test done if one is having acute chest pain and and concerning mm-hmm. heart attack, they tend to want to make that chest discomfort go away and then assess. But some, but okay. stress tests be falsely abnormal, and stress mm-hmm. tests falsely negative. So if I have a patient and they keep having that chest discomfort that occurs with exertion, or it's so concerning uh, for it being uh, blocked arteries, and this, let's say the EKG is normal, let's say mm-hmm. the lab let's say this, a certain type of stress test is normal, then that person would have a, a cardiologist 
go into the groin and do a catheterization to take a look at the arteries leading up to the heart and to the heart to see are they truly open or are they blocked. So that's a catheterization. Wow. And not everyone needs a catheterization for evaluation of is, is this uh, blocked artery coronary artery disease, but for uh-huh. so where the other tests are negative and symptoms are yet persisting, because that, okay. that is the definitive test. You know, we have to talk about when it, uh, it's something that's close to my heart and also something that I'm dealing with on a daily basis at a young age, and it's in our communities, diabetes. That uh, that one there, oh my goodness! It was, it was on both sides of my family. All it, it's just in my family. So I knew growing up that was always my fear that I would become diabetic, and I did at a very young age. And um, I think I was diabetic. I was in a, a state of denial of diabetes for a long time, but I knew I had it. And one of the symptoms is, of course, being very thirsty and using going to the bathroom a lot, and I knew I had it, and I just ignored it and just was in a state of denial. I was on the Nile, okay? I denied it, but then I had to finally had to deal with it. Can you tell us about uh, diabetes and uh, type 1 diabetes and type 2? Because I'm type 1 ty- diabetes. I was diagnosed with type 1 right out of the gate, you know, lucky me. And tell us a little bit about type 1 and type 2, and if it's in your family, does that mean there's a good chance you're going to get it too? So when it comes to type 1 versus type 2 diabetes, type 1 is, is an autoimmune disease, and it means that the pancreas itself, which is the organ that's responsible for releasing insulin so that it can break down carbohydrates, and then to you know that insulin helps the carbohydrates to be used as energy for the body. Mm-hmm. So when one is type 1, One's pancreas is not uh, secreting the insulin that is necessary to live. Uh, So that individual will always need insulin to live. That individual will not uh, live with medicines by mouth. And generally... And I I just want to interject something here, doctor, and then we're going to go to type 2. Um, when I was diagnosed years ago, you know, they kept telling me, well, you know, that you know, in your lifetime, the possibility that, you know, that that you may not have to, you know, the, the take insulin, and and they we're coming up with a cure, and uh, and I know that there's been great advances in detecting diabetes, and also with the um, taking your blood sugars and all that type of thing. Do you feel that they're closer to a cure? Uh, than they were maybe, let's say, 30 years ago? Oh, for, for I am prayerful. I am prayerful. that I am so prayerful. Yes, I am. Just like with hepatitis C, there's now a medication mm-hmm. that can help individuals eradicate hepatitis C. So I am so prayerful, sis. And I want you to stay optimistic as well. Yeah, I'm, I've been optimistic, but... <laughs> It's, 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 I, you know, I try to be uh, good with it because it's been a, a long time I've been diabetic and I'm, and I, you know, I, I feel um, when I was first diagnosed that asking me to take insulin was something that no one should ever have to be, should ever have to do to themselves. You know, so some people do have other people do it, but it was just me. So I had to learn how to do it myself. And that was like, oh, my God, I hate needles. I hate, hate that's when they had the, the the syringes, and then they didn't have the what they have now. They have the little bitty needles with the the um what do you call it on the um I can forget all the time. But I, it's not the syringes anymore. The pins, the pins. They have the pins. I use the pins now. Uh, where it's a pin and you dial in the the the, the dosage and then you you know it's a smaller needle and you you stick yourself with much easier, much more convenient than having to look at a syringe and try to get it the right amount in there. So um, it's, it's we lose people because they cannot do it. They just phys- they just cannot mentally, physically do that to themselves and give themselves insulin. How can we help those people that you know? They say if you don't take it, you know you're not gonna live. You have to take it. But um, it's a it's a scary thing. It's a hard thing to ask somebody to do. 
it, it it is a huge adjustment, and and then and then let let me let me address this. So in type type we talked about type one, type two, on mm-hmm. Troy is going to be the individuals whose pancreas make some insulin, but mm-hmm. but it, there's a resistance for the insulin uh, meshing with the the carbohydrates to break it down to be utilized as energy. So and usually. Excess weight creates the insulin resistance, and therefore weight loss is is one of those super important treatment programs for diabetics. Whether one is you know type one, type two, etc., always good because excess weight causes so many other health issues. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, I want people to think about living, Wanda and Troy. Mm-hmm. So while why, who wants to take a medicine by mouth? because of a health condition, who wants mm-hmm. to poke themselves to check blood sugars, who wants to you know, give an injection into the body uh, of insulin, who wants to? And, yes, those things are uncomfortable. They can be, you know, painful with smaller needles, so that, that pain is, is minimized, and individuals often with the tinier needles for injection, like you mentioned, Wanda, with the pen, mm-hmm. don't even mm-hmm. know because you you pinch the skin and you inject this tiny needle, but having said that, who wants no. to do that? I implore no. individuals to do what we have to do to live, right? This so thank right. you so for making sure that you take your medicines, your insulin, so that you can live, right? So yeah, I got it. I mean, I it's I, I you know it, depression also comes with diabetes. Just put it that way, because the yeah. holidays aren't the best in the world because all the food, okay? Holidays, I don't do the holidays that much. It starts with Halloween. All the candy, the little tiny, cute little candy bars, Halloween, and then we we, that, we got um, uh, Thanksgiving. So that's a lot of food. And everybody, they know you're diabetic, will watch everything you put on your plate. Don't put that on that plate because you, you know that person you can't have that. And it's, everybody watches you like you're gonna blow up while you're eating your your your, your dinner, and it's like no 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 cake no they 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 bar you from everything. These are the holidays aren't the aren't holidays. Then you got um, Christmas, and you gotta sit there and do the same thing. They everybody watches what you put on your plate, and then they, you know there's a cake and the cake. it's the holidays. This time of the year is just the worst time of the year for me. So I really literally hide up under my bed during the holidays, not to be tempted. Yeah, I'm serious. It's just a really tough time for people that, with diabetes, and then people know that you have diabetes. So everybody's watching you. So that's, it's, it's a difficult time. How, do you, how can you get through that without hiding under your bed? Sure, sure. So, and, and you, are, you are right. Uh, for a person who has diabetes, the, the, the data shows that individuals are always thinking about their health through the through the lens of having diabetes. Well, if I eat, if I drink this, you know, um, how much should I have, et cetera. So, almost always conscious of mm-hmm. making choices through the lens of being diabetic. And yes, the the increased risk of of sadness, lose depression is higher with diabetes as well as chronic health issues generally. So I think most most importantly is to make sure that individuals have a really good support system uh, of folks who are not judgmental. I tell my patients that having diabetes is not a death sentence. Having diabetes doesn't mean a person has to be on a diet. Having diabetes doesn't mean that individuals can't have treats. It's just fitting those treats into the in, the comprehensive uh, meal plan, right? So, mm-hmm. and, you know, checking blood sugars, et cetera, making sure that that A1C is excellent. And for anyone who's under the age of 64, that A1C or that that lab, which reflects three months of blood sugars, um, whether, whether one is sleeping or after one is eating, et cetera, uh, generally 6.9 and below. If one is 65 and above, we don't want diabetes to be so excellently controlled because we don't want a person's blood sugars to get too low to where they pass out um, or they're mm-hmm. feeling shaky, et cetera. So that A1C can be um, 
less than 7.9. So right, right. I, I, under, I understand, but, you know, I, I, I want folks to, to enjoy life. I okay. want folks to, to say, listen, I'm going to, if I'm going to have that, that slice of cake, let me go for a walk and burn it off before or after I eat that cake or that pie or that mac and cheese, right, or french fries, right? So, so right. one can burn it off. And one can also adjust insulin so it doesn't, you know, mess, uh, cause the, the rest of the blood sugars to go up. So a great right. diabetic nurse with education is also very, very healthy. And, you know, if people are listening to you, Wanda, or... Or or Gerald, people looking at you like mm, what you have that on your plate, and you're you know you're you're ninety percent of the time doing really great. You just look at them and and say my my doctor didn't tell me that I have to be on the diet, mm-hmm. but ninety percent of the time you know eating healthily, the fruits, the veggies, the whole grains, the good fats, the lean proteins, and at least one hundred and fifty minutes of weekly exercise. Yes. Yes, and, and now they, you know, they they leave me alone now because I I don't, you know, I I don't eat much because I really try to watch my weight, and taking insulin sometimes can make you gain weight. Absolutely. So I have to really watch, you know, what I eat, and um, I'm kind of particular. And and I just want to tell people too, if you're not used to eating sugar on a regular basis, sugar is too sweet. I'll have something and I'll say this is just too sweet, and, and it's it, like I, it, you, you, when you're a body, you're not eating sweet stuff all the time. It's just too mm-hmm. sweet. Do you agree with mm-hmm. that? It just, those, it just doesn't taste good. Sure. Absolutely. Or and the same with salt, right? Mm-hmm. Once the taste I don't like blood. a lot of salt either. I don't like salty yeah. food. It, it really bothers yeah. me. I do not. I don't like it. Mm-hmm. But some Once people just put it on and it's like, oh, I'll add salt on there. Good lord. You know, but I, you know, I love potato chips, but they're too salty. Ah, I can't handle it. You know, I'll throw the bag away. So when you're used to not having certain things like salt and sugar, it just becomes um, uncomfortable to eat it. You know, mm-hmm. very uncomfortable to eat it. So, mm-hmm. so we talked about diabetes, and obviously, um, there's no. Or if it's in your family, do you have a better chance of getting it? Oh, sure. The the risk increases when there's a family history. It doesn't mean that it has to be. Uh, but it, it means that a person will need to work, you know, be diligent and seeing the seeing their physician regularly, uh, mm-hmm. creating just a, an overall health plan with exercise, healthy eating, making sure labs are uh, checked, the A1C, mm-hmm. cholesterol, the blood pressure, uh, making mm-hmm. sure those things are checked and doing very well. So it doesn't it isn't it isn't a sentence to absolutely become diabetic, but certainly the risk increases. Oh God, yes, Troy. I want to ask you a question. Um, okay. Okay. I didn't. I didn't. You still there? I didn't forget about you. Now I have to ask. Oh, I have to ask no. you. I know you did because you, because uh, uh, about um, if you had to say to a man that does not want to go to the doctor, and this, and I have run across men like this, what would you say to them? And get get everything checked. Your diabetes. See if you have diabetes. They say a lot of people walk around diabetes and don't even know it, and then they fall out, and then it's like not good. Or heart attacks, or not taking their blood pressure medicine properly, and they and then they get really sick, or or they succumb to it. What would you tell a man that doesn't want to go to the doctor? What words of wisdom can you give them? Well, um, not to do it for just themselves, but do it for the people that love them. You know, a lot of guys they have young kids. Uh, that depend on them to be providers and protectors. Uh, they they have a significant other, um, uh, their wives or uh, girlfriends or whatever, and they need to do it for them because uh, uh, life without you would be miserable for a lot of these people. And that's what I would uh, uh, try to uh, get the guys to understand. It motivates me. And I, I told one person one time who didn't want to go to the doctor, I said, you have to love yourself enough to go and take care of yourself. Right. You know, care enough about yourself that 
that that I need to I need to make sure I know what's going on. Make sure I don't have diabetes. Make sure that I don't have high blood pressure and fall out somewhere and don't wake up. You know, you got to make sure that you you, you got to. It should be it's a job. But going once a year and just getting that clean bill of health, you're just fine. You don't have diabetes, or if you do, you know, you can take care of it. What do you, what would you say to that? Right, right. I w- I would say just. You can't you can't uh, take care of a problem if you don't know you have a problem, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As we uh, uh, we know better, we do better. So exactly, exactly, and you feel better too. You know, you you, you make Absolutely. time so tired. You know, do, do you feel better? Sure, you do. You feel better, right? And, and a lot of times you find out that the fears that you had. Uh, or not justified, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, you go, you get a good uh, bill of health, um, and you you can sit back, sit back and ask yourself, why did I wait so long? Mm-hmm. So yes, mm-hmm. yeah. My my doctor calls me uh, and keeps calling until I get in there, and I think a lot of doctors are starting to do that now. Uh, um, maintenance. Is so you don't get sick, okay? Your appointment, we're going to set your appointment a year from this. I'm serious, and they will start calling you like a week before <laughs> or two and say, hey, you know you got this appointment on this day, and we need to see you in here. And maybe if um, you have a doctor that is diligent like that, that you know you got to go, i got to get this taken care of, i got to go get checked out, I want to make sure I'm all right, um, and stay on top of that, you know, it won't be such a like, oh my God, I gotta go to the doctor. I haven't been to the doctor in twenty years. Some and I know some people haven't been to the doctor. I feel just fine. I haven't been to the doctor in twenty years and I haven't seen a doctor since. And then when something goes wrong, that's when they see a doctor and they end up in the hospital. But uh, maintenance I think is the key. Is that mm-hmm. right, doctor? That that, pre- that maintenance, that prevention, you know, really important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we have like eight minutes left, doctor. What about people that are underinsured? What about people who say, I'm not, I can't go, I don't have any insurance? Sure. What would you say to them? So, I love the fact that there is the Affordable Care Act, thanks, thanks to President Obama, right? Some people call it the uh, Obamacare, which mm-hmm. affords individuals the opportunity to be able to get in, insurance, right? And there are different mm-hmm. levels, I understand, and, and, and the different costs depending on their income, et cetera. And so it's not, it's not the folks who have, you know, uh, Title 19, Medicaid, state insurance, uh, or, or Medicare. They have access, but they still might um, not, have, not be able to afford uh, co-pays, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and then health literacy is is just really, really an issue. Uh, health literacy, individuals understanding what their doctors and their health care providers are trying to ask them to do for their health, for our health, right? So do- doctors aren't asking us to do things so that they can do A, B, C, or D, it's really for our health, our comprehensive health. So, yes, there are individuals who do not have insurance mm-hmm. and do not qualify for state insurance or are not mm-hmm. disabled and don't qualify for Medicare or are not 65 and older and don't qualify for Medicare. And we, we have to continue to work on that because even the Affordable Care Act isn't a perfect solution to individuals who don't have access, but guess what? I'll take it. I'm grateful for it for my patients who did not have insurance. Um, I have I have a really great story uh, that if you give me a moment to share, uh, a Go ahead. lovely, a lovely, lovely uh, uh, professional pianist and singer who did not have insurance, and therefore she was unable to get her colonoscopy. And then she got what uh, the Affordable Care Act, and so grateful for President Obama, and uh, and so for the first time she's able to also go and get her preventative exam. So I got a chance to uh, uh, meet her for the first time, and looked in the chart, 
and, and I saw that there was a previous visit to me and, and listened to her uh, and, you know, we decided that things didn't sound right, uh, sent her for some uh, appropriate heart tests and uh, she ended up needing to go and get uh, uh, urgent heart surgery um, and it, she never ever would have been able to afford that without insurance. We personally uh, would not have been able to afford, uh, you know, serious heart surgery without, you know, having to pay out of pocket uh, and, you know, not having uh, health care or having inadequate health care, not being able to pay for all the co-pays, et cetera, is one of the leading reasons for bankruptcy. So. Uh, we are always so grateful when me and this lovely woman uh, connect about the blessing of the Affordable Care Act. And I believe there's a deadline coming up. So individuals, if, uh, people, I implore you, uh, if you don't have insurance, if, uh, this, if you don't qualify for state insurance uh, or Medicare, please look into the Affordable Care Act so that you can at least go and get your uh, basic preventative uh, needs met. Uh, an ounce of prevention is worth a, a pound of cure, right? So mm -hmm. I'm a huge fan. Let's go and get our blood pressures checked at least once a year. Let's get our diabetes screen. And generally speaking, if you're African American, if you have, you know, even 10 pounds of excess weight and certainly 30 pounds or more of excess weight puts the individuals in a high-risk zone for obesity, which drastically increases uh, the various health issues associated with that. Get your cholesterol checked. If you're African-American, get your kidney function checked as well, liver function test. Uh, get an appropriate uh, sexually transmitted infection uh, screening to include HIV. Even if you've been married for 31 years and you love your partner, People are human and people make stupid choices and it should not have to affect our lives. So, so folks, go get your mammograms, you know, 40 and above yearly. Get your colonoscopies, uh, 50 and above, and every 10 years or sooner, depending on if they found polyps or if there's a family history. Gentlemen, go get your prostate checked, starting at 40 if you're African American, 50 if you are low risk and not African American, no family history. Get that done yearly starting at age 40. Um, and guess what? Doing those preventative things helps us all to be healthier, helps our families, helps our community, right? Our health is our wealth. Have, let there be a billionaire who depends on others uh, to be able to have to live something and they can't walk, etc. I, I, I mm. trade that billion dollars in in a heartbeat for being independent, to be able to walk and do what I wanted to do, not just for me, but for the people that I love and the folks who I like and depend on me. Wow, that's, that, that is great. I, I just have one last question. Is there anywhere where people can get mammograms or tested for free? I know sometimes they have health trucks and sometimes they have health fairs. Um, uh, do you know about those, and can people learn about that if they, if they really well, don't have I, insurance and they're trying to get it and they need to be checked out? Is there anywhere they can go? Sure. I would inquire with uh, Isaac Cobb's uh, Martin Luther King Clinic. I'd also inquire with uh, Sisters for Cure. Sisters, the number four sign, Cure, they're a phenomenal resource in our community about uh, concerns as such. Wow, okay, great. So there's no excuse not to get checked out, right? No excuse at all, sis. Okay, I didn't no, hear what did you say? No excuse at all. Okay, no excuse because the resources are out there, and um, let's pray that we keep Obamacare. I don't know what they're thinking in Washington. Um, uh, I have to give hand, my hat off to uh, McCain because now he knows what it feels like to be sick and maybe possibly didn't have any insurance. You have to be in that position to really understand, and I'm glad that he voted the right way. Um, some people never really get sick, so they don't they don't understand not what it's like not to have insurance. So that was a great thing yep. he did, and hopefully we'll keep Obamacare. 
First, I'm going to go to Troy. Troy, can you give me a few last words? We have like 40 seconds left. Uh, thank you, Troy. You were awesome. I hope that you encouraged some men to go. What do you think, Troy? What's, what's your last words? Well, um, you know, I, I do it for the uh, the people that you love. You know, even if you don't do it for yourself, go get checked out for the people that you love. Oh, that's nice. And, Basically Doctor, it. I know you're going to be back with us next month. Doctor, what is your last words? I I truly enjoyed that what what Troy said. Thank you, honey, uh, for joining us on today, for encouraging the gentlemen that are out there to take to make that phone call, to go ahead and and get that appointment in, to to go ahead and and listen to the doctor and the healthcare team about the recommended preventions, because really, ultimately, I mean, we're here to be a blessing to those who love us, who need us, et cetera, and we might as well. We get one temple, take excellent care of this one temple. Is God pleased with how we're taking care of our temple? Oh, you're so right. Well, again, this is Internet Cafe with my awesome guest, Dr. Felicia Robinson and her wonderful husband, Troy Robinson, I want to thank you both. You'll be back with us next month, Doctor. We have a a whole new different topic, and it was great. A lot of people listening. I like that. Love you guys. My name is Wanda Williams, host of Internet Cafe, and thank you. And go to the doctor. Have Go with a friend. Take a friend to the doctor if they want to go. Goodbye, and much love. Much love. Bye. Bye.